Good morning. This is the Pitch Towards Holiness. This is Mike Kidwell. And Michael Kidwell. And we're here again with you today. Today we are going to talk about something that's um, really close to my heart because um, it's important. And um, it's the sweet spot in our relationship with Christ. Um, we're going to talk about that kind of metaphorically mm-hmm. in the baseball sense. And... Um, we're going to kind of break down what the sweet spot looks like on hitting the ball. Um, when, it doesn't matter if you play tennis or golf or um, baseball, hockey, um, anything that you use, a stick or a bat or a well, club. It could even work for bowling because there's a sweet spot on the bowling alley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of sports that there's a sweet sweet spot, a sweet zone, sweet area, whatever you want to call it that you strive to hit to um, make sure that you um, have the optimal opportunity in your sport. So as a baseball hitter, um, we're going to talk about the sweet spot a little bit, and then we'll talk about what that looks like spiritually. Right. Um, So I went through a bunch of articles, and I went through MLB.com, and they have all of this broken down and very scientific and so i'm not gonna try to drown y'all in like a long class basically what the sweet spot is is if you hit the ball and it results in a line drive then you hit the sweet spot of the bat if you're hitting a ground ball or if you're popping out you're not hitting the sweet spot there there's mlb is saying that if you hit a ball and it results in a line drive, then that's the sweet spot of the bat because that gives you the highest chance of getting on base and getting more than a single. Because if you ground out in the MLB about nine times out of ten, that's going to be an out. Um, yeah, ground balls can get through if you hit it hard enough, but nine times out of ten it results in an out. And if you're hitting it to where you're popping it up, everybody can catch. Yeah, they might, like, miss the ball because they lose it, but those guys get paid to catch the ball. And so if you're popping out, it, it's you're not hitting that sweet spot. Yeah, it's funny because we, you know, on Friday nights, we're on a, a men's softball league, and um, a lot of us have been popping out and grounding out because we're missing the sweet spot of the bat. Right, right. Um, we're not patient enough, and we're just kind of hurrying our swings and – um, but whenever that happens, it results in us not scoring very many runs because, um, just like just like you know you're talking about with major leaguers, even in a recreation recreational men's softball league, these guys can catch a pop fly most right. of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. And um, ground balls usually are going to get you out, especially if you hit them on the infield. So, um, it's it's really important to to hit that sweet spot. So so Michael, kind of tell us about you know. Usually, Major League Baseball bats are anywhere from 31 to 33 inches long. Mm-hmm. So, in that in that 30, let's just say 33 inches, how much of that spot do you think is the sweet spot? Probably anywhere from 5 to 6 inches. So, from the very, um, where your hands go, that's... That's pretty much the um, smallest portion of the bat mm-hmm. because you want it to be small so you can get your hands around it. And then the barrel 
um, which is the majority of the bat. There's a logo at the very end. Anywhere from that logo to about four inches lower is the sweet spot. And they, they teach you not to hit on that logo because if you do, about maybe 60 to 65% of the times, that bat's going to break because it's a wooden bat. And they break fairly easily. And so you have about five to six inches on that bat that's considered the sweet spot where you're hitting it where the wood is at its prime to where you can generate the most power to get the best hit opportunity. So let's kind of put this into um, you know our minds a little bit more with what these major leaguers have to deal with because we're not talking about slow pitch softball. We're talking about these guys facing anywhere from 85 mile an hour curveballs to 100 mile an hour fastballs. Right. And they have to hit those balls in that small range to get the optimal results. Mm -hmm. So um, what do they have to do to kind of be on their game with that? I mean, how, how do they how do they get a hit on the sweet spot more often than not um, when they're having to face that, that high-velocity pitch? Um, it comes down to timing and patience. You got to choose your pitches, and you got to, when you recognize that pitch, you got to take advantage of it. And it really comes down to communication with your coaches because they watch all the film, and they know what pitches that pitcher has, and they can tell you he's going to throw this to you in this count. He knows that you don't like him low, so if it comes low, be prepared because they're probably going to call it a strike. Because, I mean, like you tell us all the time, two strikes, get ready to swing if it's close because you never want to go down looking. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing, even if you're a major leaguer and it's a good pitch. But so, so looking from a pitcher's perspective, they're looking to pitch away from that sweet spot. They're looking to put a pitch in a place where the sweet stop, the sweet spot's not going to be able to reach it. They're either going to try to pitch you inside where it hits the small area of the bat, or pitch you outside where it hits the um, end of the bat, or even pitch you high. Um, or or low out of the strike zone where it hits the bottom or the top of the bat, but they're always going to be pitching away from that sweet spot, right? right? And you know, metaphorically speaking, you know, last week we talked about how um, we, we kind of looked at spiritually speaking the pitcher being um, us in in a spiritual term. But today we're going to be kind of looking on the offensive side of it and um, look where we can hit our sweet spot in our relationship with Christ and what that looks like to do. Um, because it's very important that we understand that the enemy is is always working. And he's, um, you know, just like baseball is an offensive and a defensive sport, you don't mm -hmm. just pitch, you, you have to bat too. Um, the, the same thing happens in the spiritual. It's an offensive and a defensive sport. And so on the offense, um, to be able to hit the enemy's pitches, we got to hit the ball on the sweet spot in the bat, 
Right. And um, that sweet spot that we're going to be talking about today is communication. Um, uh, our sweet spot in our relationship with Christ is communication. So, Michael, tell us, what is it like um, in your relationship with Christ, um, the communication? When do you communicate with Him? Where do you communicate with Him? How do you communicate with Him? Kind of break it down um, from from your perspective, what, what you do. Okay. Well, communication is huge for me um, because I like to talk. And those that know me well know that I like to talk. Um, I'm very outgoing. I rarely meet a stranger. Um, so communication is huge for me, and especially when it comes to my walk with Christ. Because, I mean, when it comes to direction, when it comes to um, requests, yes, the Lord knows what you need, but sometimes He just wants to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And whenever um, I'm in need, I go to Him. Because He, he is the um, giver, and he, he loves to be there with you. And, I mean, it's, it's not always just a one-way street. Sometimes communication means sitting there and listening. Yeah, and that, that's the important part that we're really going to talk about today. And we're going to look at the Bible in just a second and see what that that looks like there. But um, communication is a, a two-way street, and it's very important that we understand that to be able to hit the sweet spot in our relationship with Christ, we have to not just speak to Christ, but we also need to listen and have that time that we meditate on His Word and just um, quietly listen to um, hear for his voice. So mm-hmm. um, let me read a scripture. It's in Jeremiah 33, 3. And um, it's, it's a scripture that I love because these are God's promises to us. In Jeremiah 33, it says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So calling to me, um, you know, Jeremiah is writing this in a prison cell. Right. And um, God tells him, call to me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things which you don't already know. And so Jeremiah's sitting there in prison. He's probably like, you know, <laughs> let me out. You know, okay, well, I'll call to you. But Well, not just that, but like, what amazing things am I going to see? I'm stuck in a prison cell. Yeah. But what really God is asking him to do is to cry out. You know, it's not just, um, hey, you know, talk to me he's asking him to cry out with all his heart all his mind and all his soul and um, then God will reveal some things to him um, the best example that I can I can find for someone that had a two-way communication with with God is Samuel um, the, the boy Samuel the man Samuel the you know what God used him to do is so amazing um, in in first Samuel, um, in First Samuel, um, you'll see a bunch of interaction. In First Samuel three, um, it talks about how Samuel, um, when he was a little boy, ministered before the Lord, before Eli the priest, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. So, it was in a time where this that was out of First Samuel three. It was in a time where nobody was hearing the voice of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because nobody was listening. The The Lord doesn't go silent 
Yeah. There's no times of, oh, you know, I don't want to talk to y'all anymore. You know, I'm tired of you guys. <laughs> that's that's not how he operates. They just weren't in a place of reception. Mm-hmm. And um, you look at a major league batter, and to to hit a ball, to hit the sweet spot, they don't just have hardly swing. Right. You know, every once in a while you'll see someone check swing and it fouls or grounds out very softly. But really, that's not what they're trying to do. They're trying to hit with their whole body, mm-hmm. their whole being. They're trying to hit that ball with their arms, with their legs, their hips. They, they've they got it down to a science where they use their whole body to swing at that ball. And we need to remember that, that they're doing that to hit the sweet spot, to hit a ball very far, very hard. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to hit a sweet spot to be very effective in our relationship to Christ, and it takes our whole being. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just give um, God our words, but we don't give Him our thoughts. Sometimes we just give Him, um, you know, our request, but we don't want to listen. And and God gives us two ears, so we can hear twice as much as we speak. Right. And um, a lot of times we we don't want to do that. So um, on to back to. Samuel, um, if you look at Samuel 3 anytime, you know, he, he has this interaction where he's asleep. And um, I think it was really cool because he's asleep and God's calling him and he hadn't heard God's voice yet. Samuel thought Eli, the priest, was calling him because at this point Samuel was living in um, the temple. And the big point here is... Um, that that a lot of people miss Michael is when when they're talking about him hearing um, the voice of God. Before that, it says that his eyes um, had begun to grow. So it's talking about Eli. That Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, okay, the ark of God represented the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And while Samuel was lying down, the Lord called Samuel. So this is a big point here. Lots of people miss that just before the lamp of God ran out, just just before the darkest hour, God spoke to someone that was willing to listen. Right. That's that's pretty cool that, um, you know, someone finally heard just in time, mm-hmm. and um, that was because Samuel was dedicated to be a holy man of God from birth, um, and and you can look back at his story in in First Samuel and see what that all entailed. But um, Eli um, was asleep, and Samuel went and woke him up and said, "Hey, did you call me?" And he's like, "No, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep." And so this interaction happens a couple times, and Eli finally says, "Look, maybe it's maybe it's God trying to talk to you." So go back to your bed and just hear what he has to say to you. And because Samuel was in a place of reception, once he knew that it was the voice of the Lord, he listened. Mm-hmm. He listened, and then God told him to do something really, really, really hard at a very young age. But because of his obedience, he was able to do that. And then it goes on to say in um, 1 Samuel 3.19, that so Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. So because of his relationship with Christ and his communication, his two-way communication that he had with 
with God, none of his words fell to the ground. Everybody heard and believed everything he said his whole life. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That, that favor only comes because we have that sweet spot, that relationship, that communication with God. Mm-hmm. And it really boils down to relationship because communication's huge in having a relationship because, I mean, you don't say, hey, you're my friend and never talk to someone again. Yeah. Like, that's that's weird. Like, hey, let's be friends, but I'm never going to talk to you ever again. This yeah. is just going to be our one-time conversation. Yeah, I mean, to hit the sweet spot, I always like to kind of make a parallel between my relationship with Christ and the relationship I have with my wife, Amy, because the marriage relationship is supposed to reflect our relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And that sweet spot in our relationship is communication as well. The, the sweetest times that we have together is just sitting with a cup of coffee and talking to each other and listening mm-hmm. to each other. That's some of the sweetest times that we ever have. And it's a two-way thing. It's not just me talking to Amy, and it's not just her talking to me. It's it's both of us talking and both of us listening, and sometimes just being still and enjoying each other. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a really good picture of what our relationship with Christ should be like, and I can identify with that because um, I have that kind of relationship with my wife, and it wasn't always like that. I didn't have that relationship with my wife like that until I started having that communion, that two-way communication right. with Christ. Yeah, so, and that's that's something Brittany and I are having to learn, um, especially now that we're engaged. Because my thing is, is I make money, I like to spend money. So let's go do something. And I have to be like, all right, well, we need to budget this because we're trying to pay for a wedding. Um we don't really need to do anything. Let's just hang out at the apartment. And if we can't find anything to watch, like, let's just talk. Like, there's nothing better than just having a normal conversation. See, and I like that transparency because, you know, the only, really the real reason behind that is not for entertainment. A lot of that, a lot of times we're finding things to do to fill blank airspace because we Mm -hmm. don't want to communicate we're you know whether we're too tired or we're just we don't know what to say or whatever we don't just want to be in the moment with that person so we try to fill it with entertainment Mm -hmm. and um, that happens a lot not just with our physical relationships with people but it happens a lot with our relationship with christ we we intend to spend time with jesus in the morning and we, we intend to read some out of the Bible, but then we'll get distracted with our phone, and that will become the, the priority, and that will become the main point. And, or, or we get distracted with something else, or our mind wanders, and you know we're off to checking um, scores or highlights or all this other stuff that is a distraction to us. And really, that's, we're just filling that airspace. Mm-hmm. Because we don't want to sit in the presence of the Lord and just be. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, it, it's hard for me because I always like to be doing something. Um, and sitting still and just waiting is 
not fun to me and it's hard for me to do. But as I've gotten older, I've had to teach myself how to do that. Yeah, and it's it's another spiritual discipline, you know, sitting still and, and being quiet in the presence of the Lord. And in um, Psalms 27, 4, it says, The one thing I desire, the one thing that I seek is to spend time in the presence of the Lord, to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in His temple. And then also in Psalms 99, 1, it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, okay, the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. He who dwells in the sweet spot, the secret place of the Most High, will abide in the shadow, the protection of the Almighty. I will be able to say he is my refuge. Okay, He's the person that helps you in the storms of life. He is my fortress. He's the one that keeps the enemy at bay. And he is the one that I trust. That only happens when you're spending time in the sweet spot in your relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, hitters want to hit the ball out of the ballpark. And we want to hit the ball out of the ballpark every day for the kingdom of God. But we're not going to be able to do that unless we can discipline ourselves to speak to the Lord, mm-hmm. listen to the Lord, and be quiet. Right. And we're not saying that this is incredibly easy to do. And that's why we're trying to break it down to make it sound easy. But it's not. Just like hitting a baseball isn't easy. They they say, you always hear the expression when you come up to bat, don't blink. And it's true because in the major leagues, the ball comes to the plate in the blink of an eye. And so... That's why these guys make so much money because it's so hard to do. Because in like half of a second, the ball's at you and you have to make a decision whether or not you're going to swing. And not just make a decision to swing, you got to hit the ball. It's not that easy. It's not. No. You know, and even when we're playing slow pitch softball on a Friday night in a recreational league, you know, the, the lowest of the low leagues, mm-hmm. just, just to have fun. If I practiced hitting the ball every day, I would get on base more often. Right. But because it's a recreational league and because of time and all that stuff, I, I don't have as much time to practice. You know, I probably get on base about 30% of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, really in slow pitch softball, you should be able to do better than that. But um, it all goes down to practice. If we're going to get a spiritual discipline, um, it, it's called discipline for a reason. Right. Because because you have to sacrifice something. And um, so a lot of times, if you want to be successful in this, um, do it away from your electronics. Put them away. Get them, get them out of your view. Um, put some earplugs in your ears. I, I don't know what to tell you. Get in a quiet place. Shut the door. Get some, um, if you need to be in the dark, um, if you need to be uh, in a place that's bright, get outside. Uh, just whatever works for you. Start disciplining yourself that way, and it's going to take practice. The more times you do it, the more intentional you are, the more time you sacrifice of yourself, the more efficient of a communicator you're going to be with God, and the more times you're going to hear Him mm-hmm. clearly, and it's going to be a two-way conversation now instead of just a one-way conversation. I know this will sound funny to some people, but for me, it's while I'm taking a shower. Because my body's occupied washing, 
but my mind is focused on him because that that's just the time that I don't have my phone. There's nothing playing in the background. I'm I'm alone in the in the room and I just have that time with him because um I don't have anything to distract me. Whatever it takes, it doesn't matter um what works for me doesn't always work for somebody else. So you can't cookie cutter communication and say, okay, this is how I do it. Mm-hmm. This is how everybody should do it. That's right. not the way it is. Because the way I communicate with my wife may not be effective with somebody else mm-hmm. in their relationship with their wife. So the same thing goes with the relationship with Jesus. It comes down to what you're comfortable doing that you can discipline yourself to do every single day Mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's huge because this right here is basically one of the make or break parts of your relationship with christ because i mean communication is probably the biggest part of your relationship with christ no i i agree i think it is because um you know, the, the Lord wants to hear from us. He wants to know that he has our hearts. He wants to know that he has our minds. Um, and, and he wants to use us. And he wants to guide us by his Holy Spirit. But that only happens with an intentional relationship that starts with communication um, and communion with him and just being with him. Um, you, you, can't, you can't effectively um, work out being a set-apart man of God, holy man of God, in Christ's kingdom each and every day without the help of the Holy Spirit. And you can't ever be effective, effectively used by the Holy Spirit unless you spend time with Jesus. Right. Um, it's not like one of those things where um, you can plug it in and unplug it and all that stuff. You have to spend time in the presence of the Lord for the Holy Spirit to really use you, empower you, and give you the words that he wants you to speak, and you be able to listen Mm -hmm. to the still voice of the Holy Spirit. It's all that part of disciplining in communication with your relationship with Jesus. Right. Um, For those of you listening, we will have um, some things up on the screen so you can watch as well as listen. Um, There will be some graphs that MLB had, um, as well as some scripture references that we used. So, so Michael, kind of before we go and and we pray ourselves out, kind of tell us how we um, can, can share this podcast with other people. So you can like and subscribe on YouTube, as well as we have a Facebook page. Um, that you can share and as and like as well, and that Facebook page takes you directly to our YouTube website. Hit that like button, comment, tell us what you think. Tell us um, if if we're hitting the points um, that that you need. We, we really want this to be a um, a thing that helps men right. really with their walk of God. We're trying to be together, set apart men of God. And um, that, that's, that's something that we're going to need all each other's help with. Um, it's not something that we can do on our own 
and we're learning about these spiritual disciplines, and sometimes we need somebody to hold us accountable. Right. And um, so we need a band of brothers around us. So so let us know what you think and, and um, what we can help you with, and, and we would love to have some people on here with us and, and talk about some real-life issues um, about being a set-apart man of God. So should we, should we pray out? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lord God, we thank you for this day, Lord, and we just thank you for everything you're showing us. Lord God, I just pray that we would put the sweet spot, which is communication, into action. That we wouldn't just throw it by the wayside and be like, all right, well, you're with me no matter what. But that we would be intentional and we would want to hear from you and that we would want to talk to you. Lord God, I just thank you for everything you're doing through this podcast and through everybody that's listening. Lord God, I pray that you would send blessings to everybody listening. Lord God, that you would be with them whether they're going to work, whether they're just kind of hanging around the house, whatever they may be doing, Lord God, I just pray that you would be with them. And I just thank you for everybody that's listening. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. And we thank you for listening to Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. I'm Michael Kidwell. I'm Mike Kidwell. And y'all have a great week, guys.